When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name is Daniel. Uh, no have hope this week. He's otherwise disposed. But we got the homie from Touchline Fracas, Chessie yes. Hour. Yes. Dance off. How you doing, bro? I'm good. My namesake. I just feel like the podcast has a different vibe. I feel like it's, I don't know what you do, but you bring this kind of chill vibe to it. A lot of other podcasts and spaces is anger. It's... Uh, but you, I don't know how you bring it. You've got like the, a late night. It feels like a late night show. Do you know, what I, I, don't, I don't know how to describe it, but the vibe is nice and calm. So I feel like I'm going to adjust myself and be calm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, 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 Thank you. Thank you for the compliment. Let me just put that out there first. I'm yeah. really bad with compliments. Okay. So we have a guest called Paul Ansorge. He's, he's basically called Uncle Paul at this point because he's been on so much. Okay. And his his advice for me is just when somebody gives you a compliment, just say thank you. Because mm. sometimes I'll try to downplay the compliment and be like, ah, I'm yeah. not that good. I'm not this. I'm not that. But he's like, nah, just, yeah. just say thank you. And then you can Com- move on. Compliments are weird. I can't take compliments either. Yeah, It's just so awkward. Because anytime <laughs> someone compliments me, there's like two seconds silence. <laughs> I just don't know what to say. I was like, how do I respond to that? What do you right. want to do? Say, yeah, I am great. I am great. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, actually, I, I I do have one question about our names, yeah. but I will get there in a second. So, you okay. can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the talking tactics. I'm at Daniel to look half hope. You can follow him at halfhopefootball.com. Shout out to Carl. He's doing something. Um, Dan, <laughs> where where can people find you? Uh, look for Chessie Hour. It's see, it's, do you know what? It looks like cheesy. Because you know, sometimes people just say, oh, you're on Cheesy Hour. And I don't, it, <laughs> it's it's hard because the branding, in the branding session, it didn't come up that, you know, people might see it as Cheesy Hour. But it's Chessie Hour. Chessie is an affectionate way we uh, call Chelsea um, because, you know, our African uncles, they don't say Chelsea, they say Chessie. Um, and <laughs> So literally in the Touchline Fracker, Touchline Fracker is our main podcast because we've got a slate of podcasts. Yeah. Touchline Fracker is our main podcast and we've got different representatives from all the different teams. And me and another guy called Meads in our WhatsApp group because we're early risers. So in the morning, it'd, it'd literally just be me and him because we're early risers going to the gym. So it would be me and him in our WhatsApp group talking about Chelsea. And then all of the other fans would wake up to just heavy Chelsea content. And so they they affectionately named the morning Chessy Hour, where we got all of our Chessy kind of content off. And then that was before the podcast was made. But now we've got a podcast, been going for a while. Check mm. it out. Um, yes, and that's the pod. Chessy, C-H-E-S-S-Y, Hour, H-O-U-R. Indeed. The link to both Dan and his pod will be in the description. I need to listen to the to last week's. I saw Dr. Umar in the title, so I immediately have to click it. <laughs> Listen, don't judge me. You know, sometimes when you're on a podcast, things come out and you can't undo it. So yeah. I, it's not my proudest moment, but don't judge me. I'm not going to, I'll just let let it be a type of thing where check out the episode if you want to understand what mistake I made, but I made a mistake. Okay, so to the question about our names, before we even okay. get into any football stuff, 
why Dan? I hate when people call me Dan. Now, I know this is maybe perhaps an English thing where you guys like mm. shortening names or like, yeah. you, 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 know, you know, like in football, how the, it's not Raheem Sterling. They'll call him like Razzy Raz. or, or, or Raz or things like this. So I know like English nicknames and the shortening of things is a thing. But yeah. like, do, pe- do, do you like Dan or have you just accepted it? Cause people call you that all the time. Mm. It's interesting. I feel like Americans, you like to elongate everything. Everything has to be big in America. So <laughs> I'm Canadian by the way. I, I I will put back. I'm Canadian, by the way. Canadian, that, my bad. I made that. I made that mistake. I made it. But it's, I still fine, feel it's, like fine, it's, it's fine. It's fine. The accent it's, is it's the still accent. Like North so. America. It's still North America. Everything is grande. Nothing is poquito, like Pharrell said. <laughs> um, uh, with the interesting thing with my name is my family called me Dan, but okay. anybody else called me Daniel when I was young. Outside of the house, if someone said Dan, I wouldn't even turn because. I was only attuned to Dan when it came from one of the my familiar voices. Mm-hmm. And that was like up until secondary school, high school. But where it is, it's just I feel like it is part of that. I feel like the more familiar people feel like they are with you in England, they'll shorten your name. So I remember some people even call me D. And I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, See, even- I'm, I'm more comfortable with that. With than D. I am with Dan. Yeah. I don't know, man. To be fair, it sounds cool when someone's like, yo, D. And I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, this guy's cool because he's he's not even using the free letter. He's going <laughs> to the one. He's going to the one. He's economic yeah. with it. He's economic with it. Right. But to, to be fair, like, there's something in names. I've always said it because if you think about it, if you think about a guy called Herbert, you almost know what type of guy he is. Do you know what I'm saying? Without even mm-hmm. seeing him. You yeah. know, across the airways, if you see, if you hear someone called Axel, then you know, okay, this or, or Malachi, do you know what I'm saying? You know, this guy is a problem, do you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> he repeated a couple of years in school, he didn't, he didn't make it past year nine. So, I thought that there's something in names, and w- when people call me Daniel, I think it's super serious. Oh, wow, right? whereas when people call me Dan, then it's a bit more laid back. I almost feel like the first part of my life. The world got the serious version of me because they call me Daniel. As soon as they started to call me Dan, I'm like, okay, now you're getting who I really am. Do you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> to, be, to be fair, I respond to anything but Danny. I'm not. I Danny. hate, I hate, I yeah, hate. At least Danny. I agree on that. Yeah. Like DT, I've just got around to. But that's it. That's DT. Because of my Daniel to look, so the, it's them, them my initials. So DT, but you know DT, but exact like DT yeah. on Twitter. The Arsenal fan has kind of yeah, ruined that this one. Is what I was gonna say. And his name's not even Day. It's like Liam or yeah. something like that. I'm like, how yeah. did you get that? Yeah. <laughs> to the 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 chill compliment you gave me before, like I'm I'm emotional about <laughs> DT being DT. Like, how do you even get that from? I, his name is. Good, good year, good night, good, good yeah. luck, good enough. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He's, how he's the in hell some did you get DT? I, I don't know. That's just an aside. I like asking all day. And to be fair, there's a neighbor across the street whose whose yeah. name who his his name is Daniel Mark. So that's like the I have four names. Those are the first two, and he goes by Dan. And I asked him why Dan. He was just like, that's what people called me. So I went with it. Yeah. So I, I don't know if it's an Americanism oh. or what, but I'm just like I'm I'm, I'm on kind of like the is it Floyd Patterson who's like his 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 mama named him Cassius? I'm gonna call him Cassius. Yeah. With with like yeah. Muhammad Ali. So like I, my mom named me Daniel, not Dan. So just call me what, what so you're, she so had you're a reason. When people yeah. call you Daniel, you correct them. It it depends on who it is. So like Carl, for instance, 
He's yeah. my friend at this point. So I, yeah. I know it's an English thing. So okay. if it's an English person, I don't correct it because I, I know there's right. no malice or it's just what you guys do. Mm. When it's an American person, I tell you for like five times, like, don't you're call not, me Dan or Danny. Just chill. Like I've told you. You're not as you're not as chill as I thought, by the way. <laughs> you're not as chill. <laughs> you're outside about that. This this is because we're talking about my name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Generally speaking, I'm, I'm I might be chill. Okay. I don't know. Actually, okay. people people might argue that point. That's that's why I was just like okay, and I said thank you. But <laughs> yeah. if we get into right. if we get into the talk, Chelsea, you might Chelsea, be... yes, Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. Yeah. Um, okay. what's 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 on your heart, bro? Like you know when it's 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 testimony time at church, and they're like, just what's, oh. what's on your heart? Listen, my heart is never that heavy when it comes to football. I know Chelsea, some Chelsea fans are emotional. Mm. Um, but I always enjoy it. I, I always say it. People hate the transfer window. They say they hate the speculation because they see one Chelsea being linked with one player, then they kind of have their eyes fixated on that player, then all of a sudden they don't come, and so they experience heartbreak. But for me, this is it's my favourite part. Like I like football, but... I like, it's almost like, you know, the, the soap opera off the pitch. I like that. Any kind of links or any stories, I just register it. I don't take it as bond, do you know what I'm saying? I don't give it too much uh, seriousness. And so I can just enjoy it. Um, and I like the different iterations of what might happen. And so I, I enjoy this time. Obviously, new era for Chelsea. We haven't had that. I remember 2003 when Roman came, I was a kid. And it was almost like you won the lottery. I don't know for you how it felt. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that um, that you supported Chelsea at the time. In fact, I know you supported Chelsea at the time. Mm. Um, I'm guessing. <laughs> let's go. Let's go full backstory because I forgot okay. that you're your you're first time guest. I only support I teams that wear blue. Really? So so my dad brought home FIFA 2001 because okay. you have to. You, so 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 you have. To, oh no, it was FIFA 2002 in 2001. Okay. Yeah. With with Thierry Henry on the cover. Here it was called FIFA Soccer. Yeah. And uh, I picked England because they mm -hmm. spoke English. So I was yes. never going to pick Arsenal, never going to pick Liverpool, never going to pick United. Chelsea were the best team in blue. That was, you know. So that's how I picked my team. You have to keep Crazy. in mind, I'm 11 years old at this point. Yeah. I don't have a context of racist Chelsea fans right. or, the, or, or, or the culture of any of that. I'm just going by. They're the best team in blue. Yeah, yeah. And then from there, that kind of put the bug in me. So I'll say my fanship started around 2001. Yeah. And then yeah. and then once internet got better and we were able to stream games and steal games, um, <laughs> I'd say like 2004, 5, 6. Mm. That's when I really, really got into it. But my team was the money. When we got the money, that's when you really got, got it. I mean, but when, when the money came is when internet started becoming yeah. a bigger thing and... Fox Soccer Plus, Satanta Sports, yeah. these types of things. Like we had to, you had to be really creative in order to get football back in back yeah. then. Yeah. So I have a context for yeah. pre-money, but yeah. most of my fanship is with the cash. Yeah, yeah, but you got in at least you got in before. Yes, you know I, I I do have that slight caveat of yes. Yeah, like, I'm yeah. just old enough. So before that, um, if you had known about the, you'd like to say the historical context or the kind of like. The, the stuff we'll say surrounding Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to call it. I don't know what to call it. But you racism. know what I mean. The racist. <laughs> it actually oh. has a word. <laughs> uh, so would you have avoided Chelsea? 
in 2001 had i have known mm. as an 11 year old yeah. probably not yeah. okay okay as a 20 year old 21 i'm 31 now about to be yeah. 32 yeah yeah because yeah i don't i don't like the i don't like when i'm talking to someone from england and plus at the time i didn't know i'd go into like football journalism and writing and mm. podcasting and these types of things yeah. so you talk with people from england especially black people mm. and oh i support chelsea chelsea yeah, it's like did did you not know? It's like no, I didn't. So they always they always say the name, but louder. That's what you know. The name, you know Chelsea. It's like yeah. I didn't know. Like don't blame. I was I was a kid. But what you're setting me up now because I did know. <laughs> <laughs> I did know. So what excuse could I use? I can't say I'm from America. No, do you know what is so funny? So the my story with Chelsea is. I come from a place called Bermondsey in so it's like London, it's in South London, Bermondsey. And it's like what like tell me a racist town in Canada or or America. Just a, a place where it feels like it's the home of racism Boston. in either country. Yeah. So it's like it's like America's Boston. Bermondsey <laughs> is the place where do you know what I'm saying? Like Bermondsey is the place where every single weekend, like every single weekend, I couldn't go out the house on a Saturday because there was we call it the National Front, but they were allowed. There was like a racist, like a, a far right group, um, mm. and they were just allowed to march, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, why are they allowed to march? But I just knew, I just knew that I couldn't go out at certain times because the the NF, the National Front, were marching, and then my local team was me and Wall. <laughs> And so that's Bermondsey, you know what I'm saying? So I'm really painting a picture. You're familiar with Mill, aren't you? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So my, my local team was Mill. And I don't know if you know, Dan, but Mill will wear blue as well. So <laughs> they, they, would, they would have been on your list of potential teams. They would have been on your list. And the funny thing is, and you probably heard, you've probably heard the rhetoric, but in England, uh, people say, support your local team. You're local. You've got to yep. support your local team. Support your local team. My local team was Millwall. So a lot of the, the kids in my class supported Millwall. And the, the propaganda is so strong. So I was thinking, I knew that Millwall was like, because Chelsea are like racist, but Millwall are racist to like the third degree or whatever. Mm. Um, so, but part of the kind of rhetoric about support your local team. So I was still thinking, I might choose Millwall, you know, but they they didn't let me. <laughs> I, don't, I think there's one time I tried to go... <laughs> And they said, nah, mate, it's not happening. It's not happening. So I thought, cool. I can't do me all. And the interesting thing with me, I've got a gang of brothers. So I think I've got, I still always do the maths. I've got four brothers, but wow. two younger than me, two older. Um, my dad supported Liverpool and he indoctrinated my oldest, as they always do. So he supported Liverpool. Mm-hmm. But then my brother, Peter, who's just above me, he's a bit of a weird one. He's like a bit of a maverick. He likes to do his own thing. And he decided to support Aston Villa, just randomly. We're from London, no connection with Birmingham. Don't forget, Aston Villa, maybe back in the back in the day, they were a good club, a Europe like that won the European Cup. But when we grew up, they weren't they weren't shit, they weren't anything. But he decided, he just said that I watched them. I didn't want to support because like mostly black guys all supported Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United. And I think he just wants to be a bit different. Mm-hmm. And he, so he supported Aston Villa, and he was like, back in that day, it's not said as much now, but back in that day, people's like, "You're a glory hunter, you're a glory hunter." Yeah. And so I just I didn't want to be a glory hunter, and so uh, 
my brother supported Aston Villa, so I, and I like that. I like that he was a bit different. Do you know what I'm saying? A little mm-hmm. bit of a maverick. So I wanted to be a bit different, and I took it seriously because I had candidates of teams. <laughs> I had it was a proper process because I love football, but I didn't start. I didn't choose a club for ages because I didn't want to support my my brothers and my dad's team because Peter was like he was a big influence on me. So I wanted to be different, but I didn't want. I wanted to choose my own destiny, so I wasn't going to support who he supported. <laughs> so I really. You know what I'm saying? I'm a master of my own destiny. So, like, yep. back in the day, we had these magazines, these football magazines, and I took it seriously, like, like almost searching for a job. So I'm looking for through all of these these posters. I'm seeing how it fits on my wall and all of this type of stuff. And um, at the time, I found um, a poster of two black strikers. in, And I couldn't believe it. Because obviously, like Arsenal had a lot of black players, like Ian Wright back in the day, all that type of stuff. But I saw this team, and it, they had two black strikers, and it was like Paul Furlong, Mark Steen. I was like, who? What's going on? I was thinking, are they in the Premier League? And they were in the Premier League. And I was like, rah. And then, and so I put that up on my wall: Mark Steen, Paul Furlong. I'm supporting this team, Chelsea. I was thinking, this team is for the blacks. <laughs> 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 and then. And then, and then, like, because I started supporting, I, like, you don't, it's not like there's an announcement, like the new version of Apple iOS, where you go on stage and you tell everybody and they give you feedback, right? So I started to support Chelsea within my house. And so no one told me that you might as well be supporting me all. <laughs> <I> just, like, <laughs> until, like, I started to announce it. And that's what you said when you say Chelsea. And I was like, Chelsea? <laughs> and I was like, oh, what have I done? What have I done? <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I committed to it. And the reason why I committed to it is in, in England, there's a DJ, a famous DJ. And music back in the day, you did, like, hip-hop music, you had to search for it. Right? And um, back in those days, like, if you wanted to listen to, like, black music, um, especially from across the pond, you had to listen to certain DJs. And there was a DJ that was famous at the time called Trevor Nelson, mm-hmm. DJ Trevor Nelson, and he supported Chelsea. And I was like, listen, two black strikers, Trevor Nelson supports Chelsea. I'm sticking with the club. And so, that, yeah, that's the beginning of my story, Chelsea. Can I ask, this might date you, and I don't know if you want to date yourself, but what, what year is this? 90 what? You could use Wikipedia. Um, but I don't feel comfortable saying it out now. I'm still trying to get used to it. No, it's 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 fine. It was probably like 94. Because Glenn Hoddle was the manager. Um yeah, Glenn Hoddle was the manager, and I'm lucky because I feel like we're so lucky because I feel like I wouldn't still be a, a Chelsea supporter if Glenn Hoddle didn't. Look, you never know what hap- will happen. Maybe someone else comes in and um, it works out. But I think with Glenn Hoddle, because he played in the continent, I think he changed Chelsea's destiny. He came back, he was the manager. He was the beginning of bringing all of the foreign players in. And I think he changed-, changed Chelsea's destiny by taking yeah. the England job because that <laughs> because because that then brought in Hullet. Right, no, but no, but yeah, Hullet became the manager, but well, he's the player manager, yeah. But but, but he Hullet brought him in, aha, uh-huh, right? Hullet wouldn't even be here, like, he was the I one got you. that brought the continental thing to Chelsea. Like, it I wasn't see. just Hullet that he brought in because he played on the continent, so yep. even the kind of the style of football he was trying to play was different. Um, he changed Chelsea, and yeah, so like, even now, do you know, like when. For whatever reason, like most people get corny or like they just lose everything when they're older. So sometimes now I listen to Glenn Hoddle and he just sounds like a yerda. He just sounds like a 
pure Brexit Yerda. But back in those days, he was like the more like a Wenger, so progressive in his ideas and what he was doing in terms of, to, in terms of the uh, in terms of the type of players he was bringing in and the type of football he wanted to play. He was playing um, like back three, back five. Yes, yeah, he was yeah. in, in in a four four two world. He was yeah. he was a different guy. Yeah. So where where was this going? You were saying that you loved the transfer stories, perhaps yes. even more so than football. The the narratives are more fun. Yeah, I like the narratives. I, Actually, I like the nar- like, this is yeah. perfect. Shall okay. we bring the people in on our WhatsApp messages for a second? Oh, oh let's do it. <laughs> it was like, I was in the gym, by the way. So there was a lot of adrenaline. It was a lot. <laughs> I love okay. it. Okay. So last, because last week, I said let's save Lukaku when it becomes official with have hope yeah. because I, the 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 writing was on the wall we knew it was going to be official eventually mm-hmm. my whole thing on twitter and I'll just say this now I thought italian media was playing a game with all the swap deals and this and that like they mm. were just you have a bit of the truth mm. but then you just put Denzel Dumfries Scrignar mm-hmm. Bastoni you just add all these names in there. Like, when was the last time a successful swap deal happened? Oh, like, we had that, actually that's, told... that's a major one. Like, Alexis and Mkhitaryan? Was yeah, that 2018, think... 2019? Yeah, I think even those ones, would they actually swap deals or did they just do this, the transfers at the same time? Swap deals don't happen. But yeah. they happen in the transfer market because people are doing search engine optimization. Pump as many proper nouns into the title as possible. So I was like, well, it, it, like it, it, Italian media are playing the game. Like, mate, Lukaku definitely wants to go. He said it out of his own mouth. But are all these reports accurate? So I was on the timeline questioning, like, how how mm. the, the the validity of the reports. I wasn't saying Lukaku didn't want to leave. He said he did. He said he did. Mm. You got you got you got a soul tie with Lukaku. You Do got I? a soul tie with Lukaku. It okay. seems like that. I'm being, I'm I'm, I'm messing around. <laughs> But you're definitely you've been in his corner. Like there's a couple people in Lukaku's corner. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to understand why. I'm I'm, <laughs> gen- I'm generally in the corner of players. Now people would say okay. I'm more protective over African or black players. Yeah. Fair and point. And that'd be right. And that'd be right. It's true. Yeah, it's right. It's right. It's accurate. It's accurate. Yeah. But but even still, I'm I'm protective of player rights across mm-hmm. the board in most sports like i will mm-hmm. side with the players over fans i'll side with the players over management i'll side with the players over ownership like that's generally how i am so if wow. i can see a reason why a player isn't performing to the level that fans expect mm-hmm. i will either question the expectation of the fan or i will find mm-hmm. the reason why he isn't performing to that expectation whether the expectation is right or wrong I was gonna say I'm with you on that. By the way, I feel like in just in general walks of life, I'm usually for the person over the corporation. Exactly. Um, so I'm with you on that, but at the same time, I'm with the truth more than that. I'm with mm. what's accurate more than that. Right. Um, and I feel like that's maybe where maybe we're coming at different angles for the Lukaku thing. Because as well, much as yeah, go on. My primary concern, I suppose, with Lukaku was. And and I realize you'll you'll push back at even the first point, but <laughs> but 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 just let me land. Yeah. If if you have a player who is touted as being one of the top five strikers in Europe, mm-hmm. so last summer there was Benzema, Lewandowski, Haaland, Kane, 
and Lukaku was told or purported to be the fifth. And I'm, I'm sure you'd push back at that idea. I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm gonna push back. I, I know, I know, back. I know, I know. I even told you that you would want to. Yeah, but, yeah. You prepared but, me for pushing back. Yeah, I'm yeah, I know. I'm, I'm nice. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be nice here. Okay. Lewandowski wasn't a possibility. Benzema wasn't a possibility. Kane was never going to be sold, at, at least in, inside of the Premier League, if ever. And mm. Haaland, I think Chelsea took 120 to Dortmund, and they were like, now nah, we're going to keep him for a season. So they tried to make that happen, and it, and, and it didn't. So mm. I'm like, okay, so you can make available one of the so-called mm. top five strikers in Europe. And if you have a finishing problem, you go get that striker, and you solve the other problems. You you make that guy work if you can get him. So mm-hmm. my thinking was, I, I I will admit it was more in hope perhaps than fact. Mm-hmm. But you get Lukaku in, and Tuchel, this is my hope, mm-hmm. would build a system around that player to make him work. I don't think he was capable or willing to do that. And mm-hmm. and I and the, the more I look back, nor would he be. I just want a Champions League playing a particular way. Why would I switch it up to fit the square peg in the round hole? I, I won't do that. Or at least I won't bend over backward to make it work. Yeah. That was my mistake in thinking Tuchel would be willing to kind of turn over every rock to make sure that he could find a way for Lukaku to work. And mm. he wasn't willing to do that. So Tuchel kind of went back or resorted back to, I'm going to make the attack as fluent as as I can. Pulisic, Havertz, Mount. Um, Where in, um, order, yeah, yeah the just rest. Lukaku's position or inclusion in the team makes the attack rigid. You have to play through him. And mm. that requires, I think, a level of coaching and understanding of his game that Tuchel wasn't willing to, to learn. Because mm-hmm. Conte saw within the first month when he was with yeah. Sky Italia, yeah. they're not using him properly. Right. He saw that and, immediately. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, don't forget at that point, Lukaku was scoring. So it's not like it's easy mm-hmm. to come out and say you're not using someone right when they, they're on a bus period. Right. But but Lukaku was scoring and Conte was saying he, does, eh. he doesn't know how to use him. <laughs> so I misjudged the context Lukaku was coming into. And that yeah. that that's the X that I'll give myself on that. Like if it yeah. show your math, that's yeah. clearly a mistake for yeah. me. But just to close, we would differ on if you do tailor the team to Lukaku, how effective would that be? I think you and I differ on that point. Mm, no, because I feel like Lukaku can do well. Like you said okay. before, Conte... Yeah, Conte said... Um, again, I, we just talked about it. Conte said, even when he was scoring, you're not using him right. And what Conte actually said is that he's like, yes, he can do some hold-up, but if you use him deeper, then you can get... Because a lot of people try to do this, oh, it's Serie A. It's just Serie A. That's the reason why. Serie but actually, tax. yeah, it's the Serie A tax. And listen, the Touchline Fracker came up with Bundesliga tax. I promise you. We came up with it. I, I, like, it was... I feel like I feel like I was saying tax, man. I, I, no, I, I want to take might... credit. But I don't know. But maybe I was reading the timeline. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Because But the <laughs> thing is, like, you know, like... People, if you remember, yeah. the league that actually people shitted on for um, don't buy strikers from there because the numbers don't translate, it was the Eredivisie. It was the Dutch league because mm-hmm. we had people like Kesman, Chelsea fans will know, but also Afonso Alves from Middlesbrough. 
And obviously we've had some hits like Ruben Nistor, but there, there, there was so many strikers that came out of the Dutch league yeah. that just flopped. That's the reason why Suarez, Suarez like was in Holland for too long. But everyone was so kind of cagey about buying him because there was just historically that the numbers don't necessarily translate out of Holland. But so like the Bundesliga, no one really said Bundesliga tax. You might have said tax and another thing, but Bundesliga tax is the phrase. It's yes. it's a bigger phrase than Syria R tax or whatever. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? And the what happened was at that point, um, Aubameyang was Aubameyang, whatever how you say his name. He was coming. <laughs> I, I know. I should do better. Listen to Chesty. I, to I think you got it right the first time. That's why I was okay. like, why, why, why would you question yourself? I what, call him Oba. I just call him Oba for short. Like, Oba, I, call yes, him, yes. I call him A. I'm going to shorten it to A because I know him like that. P-E. But Exactly. But, um, yeah, I feel like we was having this, this discussion and um, one of our cast members said, nah, Bundesliga, don't buy any. And that's when he said Bundesliga tax. Okay. And it became a thing. And it wasn't that long ago. I think it was like 2016 or whatever. But now it's just a common thing. And now mm. I seem even crazy for saying our platform came up with it because it's so common. It seems crazy, but we did. But anyway, um, people are saying with Lukaku, it's Syria Artax. But even when I look at his hit rate in terms of how potent he was in Italy, um, I think he's had his most potent season in the Premier League. I think people got a little bit gassed because he was taking penalties for Inter. He didn't take penalties for Manchester United. Um, his overall game as well, Conte, I feel like if we look back to before the 4-3-3 became the commonplace formation, usually we played 4-4-2 in England specifically, but mm-hmm. across Europe as well. And so most people, most clubs had two strikers up top. And when, when was it a two-striker world? You didn't have to score as many goals because you had two goal scorers to carry the burden. Then we moved to 4-3-3 and it became more important because obviously now we've got more with Messi and Ronaldo. Now we've got more goal scoring wingers. But there was a period where actually it was mostly on one man to score the goals. And the reason why I'm saying this is at Inter, because they played the two-strike formation, which isn't common today, Lukaku with Lautaro it worked for them because they had two goal scorers and you add the penalties and obviously they won. So it was a, a success and he was MVP, et cetera, et cetera. But don't forget, Cristiano Ronaldo at 35 or whatever outscored Lukaku. And he's come to the Premier League in another team that's got problems because everyone says that Chelsea's got problems. That's why Lukaku hasn't done well. But Man United have got problems and Cristiano, even at his age, in a messy team, has still managed to score goals, like en- enough goals for it to be, that's you know, respected. And the reason why I say that is that I feel like the, the circumstances at Inter made it seem like Lukaku was one of the top five. Because I know before you said that it seemed like he was top five strikers. I'd argue that's subjective. Well, it definitely is subjective. And I would have put him nowhere, as you kind of correctly predicted, I'd put him nowhere near the top five, right? But I think... The scenario helped because Conte knew how to use him. Most people weren't watching his full game, so they were just watching the good clips coming back. It seemed like he scored more than he usually does, but it was a lot of penalties. And the team was successful because they weren't just relying on Lukaku, like maybe a Manchester United was, because they had another goal scorer with him, Lautaro. So I feel like the, the circumstances was good for Lukaku. And I think Tuchel looked at it and he said, there was a video where Tuchel kind of 
uh, it was actually Glenn Hoddle because he came up early in the conversation, but it was Tuchel and Glenn Hoddle when Glenn Hoddle was quizzing Tuchel over Kai and he said, who, do you, who would you relate him to? And then he said that he think he would relate him to Berbatov, Van Persie, and there was a third player, I can't remember, or Dennis Burkamp, I think he said. And huh? those, those guys are kind of like second strikers who all played with another striker. Mm-hmm. So I think what Tuchel may have done, because I know that Peter Cech has come out and and Peter Cech has left today at Chelsea, by the way, and Peter Cech apparently wanted Lukaku to stay for another year. I, I bring him up because I'm not sure who in the Chelsea board was pushing for him, but I definitely think Tuchel looked at Inter Milan and said, so, okay, they play in a three at the back formation. You know, we've got Kai Havertz here who's scoring goals, but we need more goals. And then I think he's looked at Lautaro and Lukaku thinking, hmm, let me pair Havertz with Lukaku, just like Lukaku's paired with Lautaro. But I think he got it all wrong because I feel like if you were to pick one of the players out of Lukaku and Lautaro to pair with Havertz, I think it should have been Lautaro. And in our back and forth on WhatsApp, I tried to explain this, but I think that <laughs> I think that with Lukaku and, and Havertz, I actually think they're pretty they're 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 probably more similar than Lautaro and Havertz because I think obviously Lukaku's really good at headers. So if you want your like your big strong postman, it's not going to be um, like the small man big man relationship. Havertz is probably going to be big man, and then Lautaro the small man. But also, I think with um, Lukaku, again, if you listen to what Conte said, I use Lukaku from deeper because he's got the speed to get up there. Whereas Lautaro just kind of stayed up there because he's not that fast. Um, and then obviously, I think it kind of works well because Lukaku, like he's like a good finisher. I'd say he's a good finisher, whereas Lautaro is just a, a shooter. Do you know what I'm saying? So for the different types of problems that you face as a, a defence you're going to come up against two different players. One where, you know what, um, they're just going to be spamming you with shots. But then another one that can come deeper and they're going to be like, they might not get many chances. Because if you remember, when, when Lukaku was st- scoring and came to Chelsea, he literally said at Inter Milan, because um, they asked him, he was like, you're scoring. I think one of the reporters said to Lukaku, you're scoring, um, but you're not getting that many chances. They said, yeah, well, Serie A has re- prepared me for that. Like most games, I'd barely get a touch, which means I had to get better at scoring. So when a lot of people say it's the creation issues, etc., even in Italy, he didn't really get the ball that much. Um, but w- when he did get the ball, he'd score. And plus, when he didn't score, he had Lautaro there, who was another goal scorer that could score. So I think that mm-hmm. the circumstance at Inter Milan, we can't transport environments. And that's the difficult thing. And that's the, one of the reasons why I think Chelsea fell so often with our targets. Because we just look at these numbers thinking we can transport the numbers, but you can't transport the whole environment. So when people talk about Bundesliga tax and Serie A tax, look, Grealish moves from Aston Villa to Man City, same league, and then he's finding it difficult. So it's not necessarily just league to league. Environment to environment is going to be different. And one environment could have everything set up for someone to succeed, and another environment could be more difficult. Sorry for that little kind of long-winded way, but I just wanted to do a word vomit out of my uh, opinion on the Lukaku situation. <laughs> no, 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 man. Some, some people need, uh, you know, a long runway. So, yeah. <laughs> I gave it to you. I was thinking about this earlier today. The grace, I would, I don't even know if it's grace, but just my tendency of wanting to extend 
like a helping hand to the player. Mm-hmm. I think next season, I'm going to have to extend that same grace, I think, to Tuchel himself. Why? The the boardroom structure is it's weird now. So they've they've got rid of Buck, Granovskia, mm-hmm. and Czech is now gone. So the two main directors that we know of that do things, and the was it technical and performance advisor, whatever to uh Czech's thing was like basically the people yeah. he was working with on a day-to-day basis are now gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so now Todd Bowley is now the owner, chairman, and interim sporting director. So yeah. he has three jobs. It's his job now. I know they say they have Granovsky for the end of the transfer window, but I doubt how much she'll be used. So Todd Bowley is now a rookie negotiator for all intent and purpose, mm. trying to get a striker, a creative wide player, probably a left wing back, at least two center backs. They're probably going to need a backup goalkeeper and maybe cover for Reese James. That's like seven Maybe. players that, that they'll need, at least in, in my opinion. Maybe they'll look at the loans and we can bring back Mishi, we can bring back Emerson, we can bring back <laughs> I snuck that in there. Chill. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah, can bring back Emerson, we can bring back XYZ yeah. player, Youth Academy. I know you guys are high on Broja for whatever reason. But <laughs> you don't like Broja. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll come back to it. Let, let me let my point. This is turbulence, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I think Tuchel is being hung out to dry in a very typical by the book American franchise thing that happens. So in the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, etc., when a new ownership group comes in, yeah, within 6 14 months, the boardroom and the coaches are generally all different because mm-hmm. the the people who come in are obviously very wealthy, rich, mm-hmm. and they want people who are going to say yes to them or at least people who they're comfortable with. Mhm. It's no shock to me that Granovsky, a director of the year, gone. Check Chelsea legend. I'm, mm-hmm. By all accounts, he's he's good at whatever a job he's being asked to do, as yeah. well as I think he's a hockey goalie and he plays drums, whatever else he's doing. Yeah. But what yeah. he does for Chelsea, he's doing pretty well. Mm, I don't know he, about he, that. He found Mendy. He did, but then he, apparently he found Lukaku too. But keep it going. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, 50% yeah. from what we know. No, either, but also, either way. Also, apparently, he was big on on the two call thing. Apparently, he was driving. True. This is true, yeah. but you know, in in any event, the people who are above Tuchel are now gone. So yeah. if it if it if it starts poorly, as I think it will, based mm-hmm. on the fact that you're going to have Boli trying to get all of these players and getting the players who need to go out, like it took Lukaku how many weeks? Two, three weeks to figure out that negotiation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but look. you can't do that with every player. And yeah, this was if- just a loan. It was difficult with Lukaku though because it's big money, and when it comes down to it, you could see that Chelsea were desperate to get rid. And I think also Chelsea were. I know you said that the kind of swap thing was like you know a pipe dream, but it seems like it seems like for instance we're hearing with like the the lit we're linked with the lit, and it seems like Werner might be going the other way. That's just wasting time. But but it does seem like. It does seem like he wants to do swaps. It seems like he wants to do the swapsies. I feel like, again, I feel like that's just search engine optimization. Timo Werner would have to agree to go to Juventus. Then Delit would have to agree to come to Chelsea. Then they have to agree on money. That's a lot of hoops. Yeah, a swap doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be 
the two transfers intertwined. You can do these simultaneous transfers, one player mm-hmm. going to another, and it's separate. But with the Lukaku thing, he just moved for 100 million. And now he obviously flopped. So Inter Milan know that they've got a lot of leverage. It is difficult because of the wages type of thing as well. So okay, I, I think I think that was going to be compl- complicated anyway, right? I'll concede that point just so I can move on. But yeah. <laughs> if Chelsea do start out poorly because the squad building goes poorly, which I think is a high likelihood, mm-hmm. Tuchel will then be let, hung out to dry based on the fact that where where does Boley go with any blame? He can't get rid of Granovsky well, if he's gone. He can't get rid of Czech. He's gone. So it's going to fall on the head of the manager. Now, people might say well, that happens at Chelsea anyway. Yeah, it does. But I, I, go ahead. I'd also say, number one, when, when Bowley came... Because you're right, this is Bollywood right now. It's He's running everything. <laughs> he's running everything, right? So it's it's his show completely. But what I'd say is when he came in, immediately there were stories saying that Granovsky is going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buck's going to go. Checks were going to go. But at the same time those stories came out, they said that actually from the research, they think they've got a good manager in Tuchel. And that actually they're going to back this guy. So... The fact that these guys are going really and truly so far, in terms of following what the initial kind of murmurs were, if it's going to follow that, then we also kind of have to say, actually, they did say that they like Tuchel. They really like Tuchel. Now, listen, listen, just because you like someone, when a disaster happens, still, it's not going to protect. It's not going to protect you, right? But at the same time, if we don't get the players in, then that gives Tuchel an excuse because then at least Tuchel can say, listen, we tried to get in these players. We didn't get those players. So give me another. So I feel like there's more pressure if we do the business. It's like if you think about Lampard, when there was a transfer window, when it was young players, we kept him in. When he got all of these players, that's when he got sacked. I feel like actually it's more dangerous in terms of um, Tuchel being sacked if he does if get he gets away once and then we flop because then there's nowhere to run to my correlation with Lukaku mm-hmm. just on a personal level mm-hmm. if Tuchel doesn't get what he needs I can't blame him at, at least not as much like maybe game to game if he makes silly tactical decisions or whatnot we can have that conversation yeah. but just to, in, as on, on GP general principle mm-hmm. I can't blame this the subordinate person when they're right. When, when when their superior is making stupid decisions, but why does why do why do everybody why does everybody because what you're saying is completely rational. So why can't you why can't we imagine that Bowley's rational too? So if you can't blame Tuchel, then why would Bowley blame Tuchel? If we if they set out with a plan saying actually we need these players to compete, then we don't get these players. Then clearly, as Bowley, it seems like he's a rational person. He'd kind of say, actually, we didn't give you the players to compete, so let's go again. Because I generally believe in the concept that once, especially as American owners come in, they want their own head coach. And everyone who would have okayed the hiring of Tuchel is now gone. Right. But so so like- so so this is purely he's like a lame duck for me. He he has to prove himself to being somebody who we want to keep. He's on, he's on like the ultimate one-year contract again. But here's here's the thing. Number one, when Tuchel came in, we remember, he his stocks were down, by the way. I remember I saw a tweet and Arteta was doing bad at Arsenal at the time. 
obviously we hadn't hired our manager, but we sacked Lampard, but Arsenal weren't do, doing too good either. And I think there was a question asked on one big Arsenal account, um, Tuchel or Arteta. And most of them said Arteta. It was a landslide victory on the boat. And that kind of goes to show where um, Tuchel's stocks were at that time before we brought him in. When he came into Chelsea, I don't think people expected what happened. The reason why I bring that up is because Tuchel's done great for Chelsea since he's been here. We all know that. And I think, whereas I agree with you, now everyone could be sacked because it's a new um, owner, could be just like, all right, we need a fresh start, etc. 100%, and that could work against Tuchel. But also, you still have to kind of leave away from the fact that they might have looked at the market and said, actually, if we were going to come in, we'd probably look for a manager like Tuchel. Just because they didn't hire Tuchel doesn't necessarily mean that they won't decide that he's the best man to do the job. Like, there's a lot of players at Chelsea that, you know, they didn't buy under this regime. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get rid of all of the players. I get into the strategy department at Chelsea because they are the strategy team. There's going to be a clear out there. But the manager isn't strategy, he's tactical. And the players, again, they're not strategy. They're, do you know what I'm saying? So, like, whereas if... In business, in business, if a new kind of if there's a new merger acquisition, you don't necessarily get rid of all your tactical staff. You do, you might change the top, but then all of the kind of people that are doing the job, you don't have to necessarily get rid of them. So it really depends on if they like him or not. Now, a lot of people I've, I've been listening around and people are saying, well, if Tuchel does really bad next season, then he might get sacked. Yeah, well, that's going to be the same under any, you know, that even if Roman was here, it, mm. it's the same thing. So I don't think that is a relevant point. But from all I've heard since he's coming is that actually he likes Tuchel and they kind of rate him alongside Klopp and Pep. And they're looking at the market, they actually kind of like him. So, yeah, of course, if he does really, really bad, he's gonna um, his job is going to be in trouble. But that's going to be the same for any, like, if any, uh, if Roman was still here. Do we have any idea how people are getting this information of what Todd Bowley thinks minute to minute? It's it's more of a rhetorical question. Yeah. In the in yeah, the sense but, of like Matt Law, uh yeah. the homie from Goal, uh <laughs> SI Phillips, all of these Twitter yeah. accounts. Like, how do they like uh, now now maybe they may be really good at their job and they have Todd Boldy in the group chat. How do they know what's going on with Todd but Todd Boldy feels this way? Todd Boldy likes this, Todd Boldy knows this. How did do, do you know what it is in the race to take a, like whoever won the race to buy Chelsea? I, I think it was clear that different kind of candidates aligned with different journalists. Mm. So relationships could have been made at that point. But also, if you look at the board, um, he brought in people, like English people. So there's that guy, Danny Think. Do you know what I'm saying? That was part of the bid too. <laughs> and so... We need their Chelsea history, the same way we outline. Like, how? How, how, how did you get here? <laughs> exactly, 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 exactly. Were you happy no, when Cannaville showed up? Were you happy when Cannaville <laughs> showed up? And then what's the answer? Yeah. Oh no, of course, of course. I wasn't saying it was nil day when he scored. But I feel I feel like relationships was made at that point. So I don't necessarily dismiss everything. But and and to be fair, that that's just my skeptical cool. nature, bro. Like I can't yeah, help it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and to be fair, it's good. It's so good to do that because a lot of people just inherit, just inherit anything uh, that these yeah. guys say. It's like the, like Matt Law, even his surname is like, yeah, this is this is true. This is law. 
like, you think I'm, that's subliminal that people see Matt yeah, Law and they think, oh no, it must be true because it's it's law. I, I, I don't think his name is Matt Law. I feel like he put that there just to <laughs> rubber stamp. You know his last saying? name is Smith. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I feel like I feel uh, like he's a, a mastermind. I, I, like in the transfer market, I just I hate the word seems and oh, thought as so if crazy. maybe what's the one I'll think monitoring. of it when I don't need to. Not monitoring. Yeah. You know uh, what? Do you know what the English tabloids, um, oh. so that etc. All of that is garbage. They're garbage papers. And I remember I can't remember the guy's name, but he was a sports journalist, and um, he got caught out because he. He was waffling in terms of some sort of link, and then someone called him on it, and he got defensive. And he goes, "Well, you know the game, you know what this is." And he essentially kind of let slip the fact that they made up these rumors because it sells newspapers, and that's the kind of historical context of where English sports journalists have come from. But to be fair, maybe it's more like it's across Europe or whatever. But from the tabloids, they make up a lot of waffle because they knew that. Yeah, I got it. Papers. The word right. is set. Brian Sterling set, oh, set, set for Chelsea. Yeah, and I know yeah. why they pick set. I know it. it's it's a three-letter word, so you can fit other words in the headline. Yeah. There's there's a lot of words that they use. Roman, Roman set to blow the bank or <laughs> set. Just, Everybody's set to do something. I'm like, how do you yeah, know who's yeah. set? Who, it's who, all, all of that. Who it's set the same. Up? Who did it? Look, loads of like rhetoric that comes out. Anyway, but um anyway. Oh, yeah, just, that's, just that's, speaking of Sterling, how do yeah. you see Sterling fitting in if that's if that comes to fruition? And this is what they want, now that I think about it. Us out here talking about Raheem Sterling, but the links seem to be true. He's yeah. set for Chelsea. Do you think yeah. that's a good idea? Hmm. I feel like it's, it's going to happen. So I think with Sterling, I've been someone that's always dismissed him. So mm-hmm. again, without... Based aging, on what? Based on what? Like eye test or numbers or both? With, so, so without age me, I can't say it's numbers because I'm gonna like take it way back. So I, I saw him when he was like 14 or 15, not for QPR because he started off at, in West London at QPR, but um, he played for the England youth ranks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm someone that likes to scout young talents, and and so like he looked really good. The acceleration, the finishing. I think he scored like six or seven goals in this kind of like English youth game that usually happens. And so, like, he's been a big talent from there. He was actually linked with Chelsea, but Liverpool won his signature. So he goes to Liverpool. At that point, when I see him there, I'm thinking, yeah, you look good, but it's just because, you know, you're playing with other kids. So that's the only reason why you look good. Then he goes to Liverpool, and obviously he starts really young, about 16, 17, like a lot of wonder kids do. And then he does really well. But then again, I'm looking at him thinking, oh, yeah, that's because you're playing with Sturridge and Suarez, and that's the only reason why. And then he goes to Man City, does even better, scores at an even better rate, scoring 20 goals as a winger. And I'm like, yeah, but that's pet tax, you know, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and so I'm constantly belittling. Everything is, yeah, you and your little your, your goals or whatever. But he's even doing it for England. And scoring for England, like, a lot of people don't do it. Do you know what I'm saying? So regardless of the environment, I feel like he's always scored goals. He's always done well. And He's been around for a long time, but he's still only like 26, 27. That shows you like how long he's been doing it. Now, a lot of people might say, actually, he might be due for a bust because he's been doing it for a long time. But environment to environment, and we've seen it with Lukaku. Lukaku at Man United didn't work out. At Chelsea twice, it didn't work out. At least with Sterling, every single time so far he's gone somewhere, he's done well. 
Do you know what I'm saying? So with Sterling, I feel like I'm done with, do you know what I'm saying? Writing them off. I'm done yeah. with it. I'm done with it. Um, um, Chelsea just feel like a graveyard in, in many ways for attacking players to me. I don't know what it is, but... They, yeah, they, they do. But I think I think one of the reasons why, why we are is because we don't focus on the player, like an overall good player. So I think with Werner, for instance... If he wasn't, if he didn't score goals, we wouldn't have bought him because he's not a good enough all-round player. And I actually think it's the same as Lukaku. When you look at Torres, Morale, all these players, we try to sign the numbers, and that's why when you ask me about Sterling, that's kind of what we're doing. I'm not saying Sterling is in the same camp as a Werner or even a Lukaku because I think that he's actually been good on the ball. I would back Sterling more than the Werner. I didn't want Werner. I didn't want Lukaku. I'd back Sterling more. I think he's a better player. Um, and I think that, that helps. So, like, at City, like, yeah, they don't have a an outright goal scorer, but all of them are really good players. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the difference with Chelsea is, like, like, if Sterling comes to Chelsea and doesn't score that much, at least he's still a good player on the ball. He can still dribble past people. He can still take people and he's still an aggressive dribbler. Do you know what I'm saying? He's still aware. He keeps, he keeps his head up. He's, good, he's got a good touch. Whereas with Lukaku and Werner, I just feel like there's so many good differences in their game. They're not good footballers. I don't think they're that good footballers. I'm right. sorry. And yeah. this 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 is my this is my argument for Dembele. Obviously, he I think he's more so using Chelsea to get a better contract from Barcelona, but just buy yeah. ballers, just buy buy aesthetically pleasing yeah. players who you know can right. beat a man. I think dribbling might be right. The most, other than like mental things of intelligence and, and dribbling is intelligent to an extent, but mm. I think dribbling might be the most important skill. The the ability to take a defender out of the play, which creates an imbalance and a, and an overplay from the next person, that creates space and space kills. Yeah. So if it's... you have dribblers in your team, not yeah. over dribblers, maybe like St. Maximin no, kind no, of no, ventures no. into that territory, but... A, a competent that. dribbler, that's Don't a very that. important skill. And Chelsea, yeah, the I, best I, dribbler in the team is Kovacic, and he plays yeah. a little bit too deep. And then if you look in the attacking areas, Hudson-Odoi, obviously, with the injuries, um, Pulisic, it, it, <laughs> I, he dribbles, but I don't think he knows where he's going. No. So no. <laughs> there's no competent dribbler in the team. So... If it can be a Dembele, if it can be a Sterling, obviously lesser quality dribbler, but still yeah. better than what's there. Yeah, Chelsea need that. It's something, uh, and it it shouldn't be something foreign. We saw it with Willian. We saw it with Hazard. Dribblers yeah. are important to how the team functions. Yeah. Oh, what I'd say is number one. I think Pulisic. It, it feels like he's trying to gain yardage when he runs. <laughs> tell you, that's where it feels like. I don't know if I can call that dribbling. I just feel like he's just gaining yardage. But yes, also, yes. also. I think in terms of when I don't like it when people talk about Alan Saint-Maximin or Adama like that in terms of where dribbling becomes negative. Bro, I've and been I, on I've been on Saint Maximus in like twenty since he was at Nice, 2015, yeah. 2016. So I might be one of the first who's out there, but I, I do feel like sometimes even even uh, Pepe at Arsenal, there yeah. are some players who they just like dribbling you and they will beat you, won't go anywhere and will circle back and like Hazard was guilty of doing this. Right, he would, he would dribble somebody, and he was like, "Nah, that felt good. Let me recycle." He just My- do it again, like it was a drill. It's like, bro, you beat yeah. him, like pass the ball. But yeah. some players just like that. And I feel like Maximus sometimes gets into that space. But, but 
I would take him. Don't don't. Yeah, and the, my my thing is this. Me twisted. Just, look, you said it at the start of your rant that <laughs> dribblers, dribblers, dribblers are underappreciated, and I don't even like the caveats you give in terms of um, the over dribblers. Like most people that are good at dribbling are over dribblers. That's how mm. they got good at dribbling in the True. first place. My okay. oldest brother. He was known as the best in the racist area that I grew up, Bermondsey, right? <laughs> and oh, and he, he, exactly. And he would literally, he would infuriate us on our team because, again, I had a lot of brothers, so we had our own five side team. And he could literally dribble past the softs, right? We, he could literally dribble past everyone, and then the goal was open. And then he'd <laughs> pretend that he was going to score, but then he'd take it back and dribble past them again just to show them that he could do that. And I feel like um, there was a, a thing called the Messi rule. So when Messi, Messi obviously didn't come through at Barcelona. He was at, uh, I think it was, I can't remember the name in, in Argentina, but he went over at 13. Now we know Spain, they, they're the past masters. Newell's like, old boys. Yeah, that's it, Newell's. In Spain, they don't like dribbling that much. You're like, how many dribblers do you, that Spanish players that are amazing dribblers? They don't. That's why they have to, you know, ex get to get a Dharma who's not really Spanish like that. It's but. it's dribbling of a different it is. place. Like Iniesta is a, an amazing dribbler, right? But more with the, with, with the La Croqueta, but it's not in an yeah. attacking area. It's more in a midfield right. area. And so when Messi came, um, the the Barcelona coaches were furious with him because they called him greedy, um, and they said that they, you need to learn to pass and stuff like that. <laughs> but then they realized that actually Messi was obviously the best player that they had, and they was like, we don't. Why don't we produce more Messi's? And it's because essentially they kind of coach out of them by saying, telling them to always pass. Whereas actually Messi got better at dribbling because he liked to just take it past players all of the time. And so they changed it and they called it the Messi rule. And so when they get players that like to dribble now, they let them dribble. They let them be greedy. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in this country, like especially in England, we don't we don't like dribblers. We always like to say you dribble too much. And then we complain, why don't we have a Messi? Why don't we have a Cristiano? It's because you beat it out of them. And when it comes down to the way, when you started your rent and you said that, that skill is underappreciated. It definitely is because nowadays, if you're good at dribbling, but you don't score a load of goals, then people are going to say you're rubbish. You know, like people would probably rate someone that isn't good at dribbling, that doesn't score goals, over someone that is good at dribbling, that doesn't score goals. Like, that people are so the way people talk about ASM and Adama and all of these players that are amazing, like there it's an amazing skill. And like I remember we had Victor Moses at Chelsea. I'm not saying he's the best, I'm not saying he's the best people ever. <laughs> but when Conte came in, don't forget, because he didn't have a hope at Chelsea. We bought him and he didn't have a hope. When Conte came in, yes, Moses doesn't score goals. And he wasn't even good at assisting, but he realized actually that one-on-one -on -one ability was important for him at wing back, and yeah. he placed him there at wing back. And I feel like when you look at SP and uh, to, be, to be fair, when you look at the three-four-three we had under Conte, we had Alonso there. The only difference is we had Moses on the other side, so at least one of our wing backs was good as a one-on-one -on -one dribbler. And I feel like I'm with you. I feel like we miss that um, skill set in our current team. So I have two things I need to say quickly. Yeah. The first about Ronaldo. Mm -hmm. Ronaldo to Chelsea is not happening. Mm, definitely not. I saw, like Half Hope had a whole live stream the other day. Emergency <laughs> hangout. Ronaldo to Chelsea. Obviously, you got to play the YouTube game to play the YouTube game. But yeah. it's not happening. Yeah. If Ronaldo's smart, 
this is what he does. Ronaldo, you can take my advice now. <laughs> Stay at Manchester United for the for the next, I don't know, three, four, five months until the World Cup. You go with Portugal, and when the transfer window opens in January, there will be somebody who's advanced in the Champions League who will be willing to take a six-month, five-month punt on you in hopes that you will score enough goals in the knockout stages for them to win a Champions League. <laughs> I don't know if they still do cup ties, but if you play the they Europa don't. League, you will be fine. They don't do cup ties. Aha. Uh -huh. So that, that doesn't even factor in. But let's say even if they did, he wouldn't be cup tied because he's playing Europa League. So he could ha basically have his pick of probably two or three contending teams who will say, ah, Ronaldo, especially if he has a good World Cup. Mm. And, and I think Portugal will do pretty decently, semifinals minimum in that way, quarterfinals minimum, let me put that up there. Somebody will be willing to take Ronaldo for five months in hopes that he'll score four, five, six goals in the, in the knockout mm. stages. That's your plan. You can take that to the bank. Last point. About money, because I said I had I had a rant. Yes, and I, and I do. So what if he went for money? So what? Now, money had his introductory press conference. He said, you know, I love Liverpool. I still have a house. This, 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 that. <laughs> but I just needed a new adventure. If that's the reason, that's fair. But so what if he went for more money? Have you seen this of of, of Liverpool fans kind of angry? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That oh, he he left Liverpool just for the cash. Duh. Well, like, okay, if somebody's gonna pay me double what I make here over over there, and it's I'm still playing football for an elite level club, why wouldn't I go? The rant part really kicks in here. Do you know how many people he's he's helping provide for in Senegal? He's making his village yeah. like a literal city. He's building hospitals, schools, infrastructure. How dare you say, "Oh no, nah, you you have to stay here at Liverpool and help us win God knows what," rather than going to Bayern get your money so then you can help back home? He would be a, a terrible person if he didn't go get that money. He has hundreds, perhaps yeah. thousands of people depending on him. It shouldn't be that way. Yeah. But, you know, Europe has the resources. So, <laughs> you know, rob these lands, as some might say. <laughs> rob this so, England. Yeah. <laughs> rob this England. Nah, rob this Germany, too, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's just my slight rant. We could go deeper, but I want to I wanna be respectful of the clock. So yeah, if you're, if you're leaving for money that's fine. I'm not saying you go to China or Saudi Arabia or any other country that's paying crazy money like the golfers are up to or whatnot. Like that's, 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 that's next level. But Liverpool to Bayern Munich, it's an upgrade. If we're talking historical clubs in Europe, I would probably put Bayern ahead of Liverpool. Let me think. You'd, you'd have Madrid first, probably AC Milan second, Bayern third, yeah, Bayern ahead of Liverpool, I'd say. Barca third, Bayern, Liverpool, United, somewhere in there. Like, yeah. they're, they're both top five, top six. I might be forgetting somebody. But Bayern are ahead of them. So, like, he's an upgrade. And I'm getting more money. Why, why wouldn't I go? It doesn't make sense. And then yeah. I have to think about well, home, I, well, of course. Just quickly, I'd say that uh, if you look at how much Werner's earning, I think Mane's been severely <laughs> underpaid for ages. And so I feel like he's he needs catch up time. He needs you know what I'm saying. Yeah, he needs to catch up. So Liverpool were thinking like we're not going to pay you for what you've done. We're going to pay you for what you will do. But what I've done was worth more. Right. So at Bayern, he's almost getting money for what he did plus what he will do. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And that just makes sense, bro. He's building hospitals. Yeah. Do you know how much a hospital costs? I mean, I don't know how much the hospital costs in Senegal. So it's more of a question than an answer. But it can't be cheap. And then you have to fund probably nurses, 
everything that goes into taking a village into a town and perhaps yeah. a city one day, I don't know how you could fault him. So what? And it could be true that he just wants something new and he's getting paid more. But mm-hmm. anyway, uh, yes. Dan, where, where can people find you if you want you to be found? You don't even have to find me. You know, I've, I've been embarrassing <laughs> today. I've talked too much. So you've got you've had enough of me. <laughs> no, you can be found at Chessy Hour. Yes. Is it at Chessy Hour? At Chessy Hour. Okay. H-O-U-R. And we can leave the personal wall off if, if that makes you feel more comfortable. Um, <laughs> you can follow us at Talking Tactics, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter's the main one. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review. We'll read it on the show. What else? We're on Patreon. Check that out. Have hope and I'll figure something out in the week. And yeah, I'm at Daniel to look. Talking Tactics podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. But always football. Indeed. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.